Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the Spool Podcast. I'm Nigel. Hi, I'm Park. And we're joined by producer Colin out there. Colin, give us a shout. Hey. There he is. Hopefully you picked that up. Uh, so it's the end of January. Last month we did our first podcast, which was our end of year roundup. And um, so now we're into 2013. We're going to do a quick roundup at the end of each month that looks at the films that have been and the films that will be yeah. in the next month. And we'll have a wee bit about Jediff, which is starting next February. Um, exactly. Which is tomorrow. Yeah. Due to the magic of the internet, this isn't happening live. Yeah. This is happening on, <laughs> on a Thursday, hopefully. So, um, anyway, yeah. So, I guess uh, what we'll kick off today with is the film that a lot of people are talking about at the moment, Zero Dark Thirty, uh, Catherine Bigelow's uh, film about the hunt for Osama bin Laden. So, um, I reviewed it at the weekend, and I've been looking forward to this film for ages because mm-hmm. I love these kind of procedural American uh, things, you know, 24 Homeland, all these kind of TV shows are brilliant. And um, to me, this looked like a feature length kind of bit um, with it. And I really thought it delivered. I think um, Maya, the guy, Jessica Chastain's character, mm-hmm. is fantastic. And the story really kind of changed around a bit, didn't it? Because it was originally just the hunt for him as such. Yeah, exactly. So um, it, it, I think they were a, a couple of weeks before yeah. actually starting the production. And then all of a sudden, back in May 2011, they mm. found him. That is the spoiler that we probably should throw in there. Yeah. By the way, they find Osama bin Laden yeah. and they kill him. He does die. He does die. And it's not a Tarantino thing like at the end of Inglorious Bastards no. where he turns on them and shoots. They kind of do that interesting enough, the ending. You're like, because you do wonder how are they going to show this? Are they going to glorify it? Or Yeah, yeah. I think that's handled well. Yeah, exactly. That they don't, um, they don't really make it. I heard Dave Fanning talking about it on the radio last weekend and he said... He's a big fan of the fact that it was so subtle at the whole thing. Mm-hmm. We don't see, you know, I don't know who the actor is. Yeah, you play him for maybe yeah. six seconds yeah, in total. Yeah. Exactly. So that, I thought it was very well done. Um, I guess the one thing which uh, both of us kind of have uh, opinions on, and everyone seems to have an opinion, and unfortunately it's mm. blighting a lot of the coverage of the film, mm-hmm. is the torture um, stuff that goes on in it. Yeah. So um, I didn't really have a problem with it because ultimately the way I see it is that that's what was happening and mm-hmm. that's how they they did it and um you did yeah for me it was just too she doesn't say anything about it i think she's just telling the story of it and the fact that she doesn't say anything against it is that she's saying it's okay and okay if that's her viewpoint but like i'd have more respect for her if she actually did come out and say that instead of leaving it a bit open and the fact that she doesn't say anything about it is that she's condoning it and i think it's too big a film and too important an issue like this is pretty recent events you know mm-hmm. and she's not saying anything about it and it's the biggest grossing film in America last week I think it was last again yeah you know yeah. so so many people are going to see this and she could have made a much more kind of thought provoking film when in reality it's just kind of like a popcorn movie and I think it's too big an issue to be a popcorn movie like there's still yeah and yet we are talking about it though so in my, maybe in some ways mission accomplished but like, I don't think enough people will kind of give it as much the thought typical American yeah. person in the yeah like if Pacific, this is the yeah. biggest thing the biggest blockbuster in America I'm not insulting yeah. all Americans but yeah I think you are I wonder you know. how many of them are going to take something away from this or maybe this yeah. is not okay or are they just going to be like yeah go USA type of thing exactly because as I am um, as I mentioned, a bit, like I remember in the TV show, uh, the Alex Ganza t- uh, t- producer. I can't remember the other name of the producer. Yeah. Um, 
uh, is the guy who they then moved on to do Homeland and stuff. And the way they handled torture in 24 was really interesting. Is that show kicked off? Fox launched it, I think, in about 2000, maybe, and one just after. Anyway, and they had a lot of uh, torture scenes. And then in around season five or six, as. Yeah as uh, the Senate committee hearings on, on these things started happening, the show actually had to change tactic the whole thing. And it actually did raise the debate mm-hmm. over whether it's okay to get information from it. So the one thing I wrote this down, I'm going to read a little uh, quote that yep. Catherine Bigelow herself said. And this was way back in in mid-December when the film came out uh, over there. So her sort of a defense, it was a really weird defense, is that uh, she said, the film doesn't have an agenda and it doesn't judge. I wanted a boots-on-the-ground the experience. So I think her point being there that like, yeah, but you can the, see, the CIA uh, people they didn't really care. Their job was to get information, and they were being told from the top that they yeah. could do this, so they did do it. But my issue though is that she's condoning that because she's not saying anything against it, and I don't yeah. agree with it. Like I don't, yeah. so that's why I don't like it. But it's what happened. What would, like so that's yeah. But you can show it, but make some statement about it. You know, instead of just showing it and yeah. being like not saying anything, because all the great films about Vietnam that we love they were all making a point saying how bad it was how crazy it is and the nonsense of it whereas this mm. is just simply telling the story and go pick some other but America lost in Vietnam so they had to turn it around Yeah, but we I won we got Bin Laden victory go t- tell something else you know yeah. pick some other it's too recent and she didn't do it and it's still such a there's still so much going on in that region with America and what they're up to so it's just I don't know I think she really missed the boat on what she could have said yeah but know? it's still a fantastic film I think that issue yeah. no, no I don't think well, forget so forget about what it says or what it does it's, well, it looks very it's good really and well I didn't think it it dragged or anything yeah. so I'll give it that And yeah. but I do wonder because like, it hasn't got nominated for best picture or best director no it's in there for, it? for picture yeah picture but, but she didn't get the, director yeah, eight yeah. Or ninth kind of thing, I kind of so. do wonder is it a bit of a like that the people who voted for the Oscars are they don't agree with that type of thing either or you would wonder yeah. if it is some kind yeah. of part of me I kind of hate all the conversation about it a bit and I mean the same thing we'll be talking about it um, in a couple of minutes uh, about Django Unchained as well yeah. but these issue things seem to you know people just start talking and it dominates the the coverage of these as films and you're just the actual film, the actual film and you just have to kind of view yeah. them and I know we like things at this time of the year films to be important and to be saying something but sometimes mm. they just need to be taken um, for face value so um, mm-hmm. uh, we hinted uh, about our next film that we'll talk about and that is uh, so I, I would say Zero Dark Thirty probably the f- my favourite film that I saw in the last month and then we'll move on to what I think is probably your yeah. favourite film and again I, I like it too and so mm-hmm. it is Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained Django Unchained yeah um, a lot of controversy as well about it over the violence and the language in it um, but I think what's it's the word that was your big problem yeah exactly Like, can we even know? say it this isn't even the radio yeah but, uh, I don't know like, I feel bad because it's a dirty word yeah um, no but I think Quentin Tarantino handles it very well the cast and the actors he has on board Jimmy Fox Samuel L. Jackson they're aware of the situation and it's not being shot in the present day it's shot two years I think before the Civil War it says at the start of it mm. so it's very much of it's time I think um, fantastic performances all around he's teamed up with Christopher Waltz again who was in Inglorious Bastards as the Jew Hunter and he's got him back on board and I was listening to him in an interview and Tarantino says like he speaks his dialogue the best you know he just him and Samuel L. Jackson he can't help but write for them so yeah. I think that comes across in the film um, loads of great supporting kind of roles. Um, Kerry Washington's in it again. Her and Jimmy Fox teamed up in Ray back in two thousand and four. I think that was. So it's good to see them back on screen together. 
the relationship between them is very believable because the whole story kind of centers around Jamie Foxx trying to capture or like capture trying to find her again mm. and get back her freedom and so we'll just take a clip from Django Unchained and it's when Christopher Waltz and Jamie Foxx are about to get to Candyland mind telling me what the hell are you doing I confirmed that Pumhill is at Candyland Sure is her. He didn't call her by name, but she's a young lady with marks on her back and speaks German. Now, while it's not wise to assume in this instance, I think it's pretty safe. Point being, don't get so carried away with your retribution. You lose sight of why we're here. You think I lost sight of that? Yes, I do. Stop antagonizing Candy. You're going to blow this whole charade, or more than likely get us both killed. And I, for one, don't intend to die in Chickasaw County, Mississippi, USA. Excellent stuff. I do like that it was called Candyland, because it made it seem like such an idyllic place. Um, And they do eat lots of sweets there as well, which is a little detail. And the violence is quite... Some of the violence, like, there's an interesting contrast. Like, any time a white person is kind of killed, or that, it's very exaggerated, and kind of comical almost yet when a black person is killed or tortured or something it's very it's quite intense and hard to watch so I think he is making a statement and I don't think it's as flippant a film as some people are making out like Spike Lee's kind of come out and said he won't go and see it he doesn't think anyone should be watching it but I don't think you should make a judgment about it until you actually go and see it. Yeah, I think it, I found it very uh, incredibly entertaining a little bit you know again I think Tarantino I will say he does lack that person to step in and say like whether it's the role of a producer or mm-hmm. or someone that because he um to actually just say the film's a little bit long like I mean because yeah. the end is is brilliant but it feels a little bit tacked on um the bit yeah. where they actually go back and it has to happen like you need retribution and you need a, mm-hmm. a, an ending to the whole thing but it did it felt like that first I guess it was probably about an hour before they got to Candyland where they were yeah. you know between the training and mm-hmm. finding the, the three uh, brittle brothers yeah um, it seemed to just take a little bit of time and again sure. that's not no one you know you can't argue that um, the scenes aren't enjoyable everything Tarantino yeah. writes he writes and it has all the like Tarantino hallmarks of good music and yeah yeah, yeah I thought the music was pretty good I thought the the Rick Ross uh, song that just kicks in midway through really badass kind of you know uh, gangster tune yeah Yeah. it 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 was an interesting it does sort of work I think but I just thought it was a bit funny but Um, the the length didn't bother me too much but again it just seems to be the thing at the moment like everything I don't know what was the last film that was under two hours exactly we have a thing up on the site this week about uh, the best picture nominees and just how they're all too damn long this year like Zero Dark Thirty was what 240 Lincoln same probably two and a half exactly and uh, I suppose that brings us on to uh, Les Miserables on to yeah so I really don't really want it I saw Les Miserables only um, at the weekend a couple of weeks behind everything Um, it's a bit probably the most annoying film in the um, of the every year in the best picture nominee there's always a film that you know can probably the easiest to pick on so last year it was incredibly extremely loud and incredibly close oh yeah a film that I only snuck into the cinema to see the last kind of half an hour of and kind of thought it was really annoying and what it said about 9-11 was you know ridiculous and um, so I think this year Les Miserables seems to be the one that people are kind of picking on a lot but um, uh-huh. I do I, I liked it a lot but I did find um, it is it's a bit ridiculous like, yeah can we can we play the clip yeah um, with the sa- so Russell, this highlights the best here's Wolverine thing. and Gladiator Wolverine and Gladiator <laughs> um, singing to each other yeah. so here it is 
Now, prisoner 24601, your time is up and your parole's begun. You know what that means. Yes, means I'm free. No. Follow to the letter your itinerary. This badge of shame will show it till you die. It warns you're a dangerous man. Stole a loaf of bread. There we go. Prisoner 24601. (laughs) I'm getting you. It does take a while to kind of let that, you know, to get comfortable with that when you're watching it. And it's a bit... You know, it, but but by the end of it, it's pretty rousing and pretty exciting, and mm-hmm. uh, you buy into it, and you're like, "Yes, we've La France," even mm-hmm. if they're all fucked, basically. And they're all, that's the thing, kind of at the end, you're like, "Oh, it has one of those endings where you think it's happy ending, but if you actually think about it, it's not really." It's it's quite horrible. Yeah. yeah. And of the long films, for me, that felt the longest. It was just, it kept going on and on. And here's another song about this person and she's in love with him. It's It's a film that I think works. I saw it in in an afternoon and this is a strange kind of a statement, but I actually think it's a good matinee film rather than go to that at like 9 p.m. on a Friday night where where you're thinking about where you're going to go for for your pints afterwards. Yeah. Whereby it lends itself well to like a weekend a sit down you know you could watch it on TV it's one of those yeah Sunday kind of evening kind of movie yeah exactly uh-huh. so that's how it um, so that and I guess the other one uh, we could talk about Lincoln Lincoln's another one it feels for me I'll just say um, about mm-hmm. Lincoln was the fact that it came out um, in at the end of November I think a week before the US election uh-huh. um, or a week after I can't remember I think it was a week after um, the US election so it's like two months that we've been reading about it and we've been hearing and Daniel Day-Lewis has been winning all these awards and we've been hearing about how good it is and um, yeah. so the way because um, you haven't seen it yet no but, uh, but yeah. you will you, you'll see it soon as, as you're obligated to do yes, as a school to. person you have yes. to see all these best fiction nominees uh-huh. so, I'm looking uh, forward to it though I think for yeah. me just from looking at the trailers and stuff in my head it looks like a long old school version of the West Wing or something you know yeah yeah I know it's, it is very good and everyone in it is wonderful it just I think as a and again this is a bit like the Zero Dark Thirty thing I think American people are going to take so much more about it cause, uh-huh. and because um, and it's about the founding of some of their you know it's it's a, it's a distinctly American kind of a film so mm-hmm. it's very good we'll just play a clip which is, I think it perfectly um, summarises what the film is it's basically Daniel Day-Lewis uh, talking about uh, Euclid's first common notion and using that as kind of a, a parable if you like about different things which a lot of the film is basically this kind of thing him just kind of sitting in chairs stooping over talking yeah. and, um, but he's very good at it cool. give, give him an award so here's here's that clip Euclid's first common notion is this. Things which are equal to the same thing are equal to each other. That's a rule of mathematical reasoning. It's true because it works. Has done and always will do. In his book, hmm, Euclid says this is self-evident. You see, there it is, even in that 2,000-year-old book of mechanical law. It is a self-evident truth that things which are equal to the same thing are equal to each other. So do you think he deserves, like, will he, if he wins the Oscar for Best Actor, will he be happy, or...? Ah, yeah, but he's lovely, isn't he? Every time you just see him, he's so modest and pleasant, so I don't think you could begrudge him. 
Um, I wonder if they'll get the next president to present him with the award that they offer. Yeah, but then what if he doesn't? What if Denzel Washington wins for flight? Yeah, and you know, yeah. and they have like you know Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton there. It'd be a bit of a fuck up. Yeah, yeah. You'd be, be a bit daft. Yeah. Um, so I don't know any other. So what else did you see this month? That yeah, uh, one I really want to kind of talk about is uh, McCullen. It's a documentary about Donald McCullen, who is a photojournalist, and he was primarily a photo uh, journalist. Um, he worked he grew up in London kinda um, came from a rough enough background and started taking photographs for of his friends who were kind of involved in this like London gang and got noticed by one of the papers and through that he then got working with the Sunday Times and it was through his work with the Sunday Times that he really kind of flourished and had this free reign and it was Harold Evans who was the editor at the time let him kind of go away and do what he wants and as he wasn't really, you know, he covered Vietnam and the Congo and all these horrible kind of, you know, famine and war-torn countries. And it's really fascinating to watch him. Like, the way that the film is done, he's really the only person who talks in it. There's a couple of contributions from other people. But his voice is just so engaging and you just, you want to listen to him talk forever about it, you know. And he's he doesn't really like to think of himself as a poet or you know a philosopher and he's both really by what he's seen he mm. it's it's really compelling so we'll just have a bit of audio here from it he's talking about some of his photos i walked into the observer office one day and the editor said to me how would you consider going to cover the civil war for us in cyprus this was my baptism of of war I was learning about the price of humanity and its sufferings. You have a moral sense of purpose and duty. You want to take this picture and you want to stop it. That was only playing in the lighthouse. Um, yeah, it's probably it, one to to download or look, or look for online. You'll or get look for your it. DVDs or yeah, stuff. I'd say it'll come out maybe in a month or two. Yeah, um, but really well worth checking out. Yeah, yeah, and I guess my sort of uh, less well known film then that I'd recommend uh, this month was a Michael Winterbottom. Bo- Michael Winterbottom. Yeah, I always have problems with his with his name ever yeah. since. I think he first came to my attention for nine songs. So you had like oh, yeah. this porn movie directed by a man with bottom in his second name, and it's challenging. Like we're, we're, yeah. we're in college, like so it was a it was a difficult time to try. We and had to show ID when we went to that actually. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, he, for me, I think as a filmmaker, is one of the most. Everything he does is different. I mean, not everything he does is is good, but certainly like Twenty Four Hour Party People mm-hmm. is fantastic. And because um, Nine Songs is terrible. It it more or less is terrible, it's, but the idea know, is sort of it was fun. A gimmick, it's kind of like a concert film, yeah. But, yeah. Um, sorry, every day t- is um, stars John Sims as a, a prison guy who goes to prison. At prison, and the film is shot over the course of five years and shows his family uh, going to visit him. Mm-hmm. Um, every kind of so checked, and the way it was actually filmed was every six months, uh, Winterbottom and his team would go and check in with the with the um with the family as they go and you mm-hmm. know they go and and do, and do that so i think as a way of so it wasn't a traditional shoot of over two yeah, weeks so type thing. exactly and so you get right. to see the kids actually growing up over the course of five years so mm-hmm. um it's a it's a weird film like it could easily it doesn't necessarily need to be seen on the big screen like but 
um because it did i think it played on film for before christmas or something but okay. if you can find it uh they're whether, usually whether pretty good more for or film for for yeah, like so whether it's produced repeated, or stuff. yeah it'll show up um online or something then it's definitely worth uh so looking. it's kind of more so a performance piece or is it like yeah it's just really interesting as a thing I, I really liked it. it reminded me of that uh the itv documentary series the seven up and 14 oh, yeah. up and 21 up where mm. they um i think the guy's name is michael Apted. I'm not too sure uh, where he checks in with this um, these dozen um, people every single seven years and sees mm. how how they're getting on in life so it's that kind of thing of just seeing everyday lives and see how it works like there's no great story to everyday and I guess whatever script they had five years ago would have probably collapsed a bit and a lot mm-hmm. of it's kind of improvised but um yeah, it's very good. Um, so I guess that brings do you want to talk about anything else in the month of January? Just quickly the last one is the impossible. Ah, yes. It'll probably win the award for the worst trailer about a film because when I saw the trailer <laughs> for this, I was like, "This looks like the biggest uh, pile yeah. of rubbish." It's so twee and oh, hope and oh, vomit. But yeah. it was it's inc- so emotional. It's really hard to watch at times. Yeah, it's by Juan Antonio um, Bayona, and people will know him from directing the Orphanage. Yes, which is a very underrated mm. Spanish horror. So what attracted him to the piece was. The, it was to do he heard the story of a Spanish lady and Naomi Watts plays her in the film basically he's kind of translated it to an English speaking family and they're in um, when the tsunami hits they're there and it's just kind of following yeah, their some story some sort of little village in Thailand yeah right? I can't remember it's following them basically and they're separated so the mother is with one, one of the kids and then Ewan McGregor who plays the father is with the other kids and yeah, pity they. I remember watching it, just wondering why they couldn't just tweet at each other, just um, <laughs> yeah. like at, at at Naomi, where are you? Like, yeah, um, hashtag I'm, pineapple tree. Yeah, hashtag pineapple tree or hashtag I'm in ho- I'm in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? I'd say the communications might have been down though with the towers and the. You know, and Twitter wasn't all that popular. No. In um, what year is the tsunami? Two thousand six or something. Yeah, something like that. But so. the scene, like as he directed the orphanage, he's quite used to the horror kind of genre, yeah. and at times it does feel like 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 that. Like what Naomi Watts goes through is quite harrowing and yeah. tough to watch. Yeah. And just a shout out to Tom Hollard, who plays one of the children, and he's fantastic. He was kind of Billy Elliot on stage for a while. He was one of the Billy Elliots, and um, his performance is brilliant because there's the whole just about the kids and everything how they relate to each other and we'll just have a quick clip of um, this is Ewan McGregor trying to get in touch with his parents and I think this shows you the emotional levels that are in the film Did, did you hear from anyone yet? No, Henry, you're the first to call Is everybody alright? Henry? Marianne Lucas are not here What do you, what do you mean? Not there The motion came and swept everyone away and the fun a fun Thomas and Sam and I don't know what to do I don't know where to look for lots of people need to use this for okay that's violent so worth it's probably it'll be gone soon enough but um, one to look out for on DVD in the future I think so do people buy DVDs they rent them hopefully <laughs> is, that, is that code name for something that you can download if you like no, I think you have to support yeah, yeah. Extra Vision, you know. 
uh, there are still as the extra missions. That's the only store. Like all the others are I like know, there's absolutely. no blockbusters. Or yeah. No, I mean, and there are much more legitimate kind of streaming options. Uh, yeah. These days, Netflix so like or Netflix iTunes. and Volta and yeah. exactly iTunes. So there is plenty of options to see it, whatever way you choose. Um. So I guess we'll quickly then uh, move on and have a quick um chat about what's coming up next month. So um, before we chat about the bigger. Uh, films to come out the Jamison Dublin International Film Festival is playing between as we turn our pages <laughs> between the 14th and the 23rd in uh, cinemas across Dublin mm-hmm. um, I've missed it for the last two years because I've been away um, in Canada seeing, <laughs> seeing bigger festivals yeah but I'm really looking forward to it I actually think because I mean for uh, like you know seven I think it's in the 11th year I think started going to stuff um in it eight nine maybe ten years ago and yeah that was a really good festival um i think this year the one thing that struck me there's a couple of films in there that you could sort of not do without having in there but there's films that really should have gotten a release a long time ago so mm-hmm. it's two that i'd recommend that i was lucky enough to see before um bernie the richard linklater film starring jack black oh. and uh, arbitrage starring uh, richard gear and Britt marling and a few people like that both of those are absolutely brilliant and if this is your opportunity to see them, then I recommend you head along to them. Um, and are they penciled in for release suits or not? They, really? As oh. far as I know, I, I actually don't know. Mm. Should have had that research done. No, so I don't no. know. Because um, I just think, like, I think Bernie played, uh, if I'm not mistaken, at film festivals in the summer of 2011. Oh, wow. So it's very old. And then mm-hmm. Arbitrage was a year ago at Sundance. But they're both absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. So, I mean, in terms of the films then that you would actually want to go to this year, I think you're, you're looking for stuff that you can't necessarily mm. see that feel new and fresh. and that stuff. Yeah. So one that I think you and I are both hoping to go to is uh, The Place Beyond the Pines. Yeah. The one... Um, it's like the follow-up to Blue Valentine. Tech, yeah, so Derek Same Keen, kind of crew. Yeah, same yeah. gang. So Derek Keenfrance is directing it and then our uh, one of our favourites, Ryan Gosling. Um, mm-hmm. We should say it was Daft in uh, Gangster Squad. His voice was very That weird. was hilarious. It, was br- it kind of worked, though. It was very squeaky. Yeah, I guess so. Um, it was good. Um, <laughs> so he's in it. And then Bradley Cooper. I think the thing with it, it played last year at, uh, at TIFF and then played in the London Film Festival. And it seems to be a very complicated... A narrative like following you know spread over 20 or 30 years or something and okay so I, yeah because I think I remember people you know a lot of people were excited about the fact uh, Gosling and Cooper were in the same film yeah. but I'm not actually oh, sure actually if they're they're on I've read lots yeah. of weird things about it but I really can't wait I think Blue Valentine is is Bradley Cooper and Noel trying Gosling <laughs> exactly who knows or a kid or something who knows yeah. so it's one to look out for it plays um, 17th of February at 10.30 I think that's in the Savoy and mm. then another one that plays later that day is side effects uh, we've talked before about uh, Steven Soderbergh and how sad we are that he's going mm. away for a while um, are we going to have to wear black am- armbands when yeah, we go see this black armbands <laughs> I think so uh, Channing Tatum Rooney Mara and Jude Law are in that uh, there's a trailer online if uh, you want to go looking for it but I think it's great um, yeah um, another we we wrote I guess we should plug that we wrote a post uh, about some of the best films to kind of look out for yeah so maybe check that it. out so yeah website. I'd recommend checking it out and um, yeah and we'll be featuring lots of reviews hopefully we'll be calling in a few favours from a few friends of Spool and we'll have uh, hopefully the guts of 20 or 30 reviews little little shorter reviews yeah. you know we're not we're not going to do this full time or anything sure. but uh, so anyway and then uh, yes. there's just an interesting when you mentioned Soderbergh there we um we were lucky enough during the week to catch Side by Side which was a really good documentary kind of contrasting the use of digital versus film and um, Soderbergh was quite a vocal voice in it in favour of digital 
but um, that's well worth checking out. It was only on as a once-off in the iFi. I'm not sure if it's going to get a wider release. I have no idea. Yeah, I know it's out on Blu-ray in America just this past week. Um, yeah, so maybe Volta will have that up in a bit, or uh, yeah, or you could travel to America and um, buy the Blu-ray and buy the Blu-ray and come back. So it'll cost yeah. you about a grand. Yeah. but it's really well worth. I thought the, we both absolutely loved the film. Yeah, um, that was really fantastic. good talking points in it. Yeah, yeah, just in terms of like Christopher Nolan was one of the few guys in there who just was vehemently opposed to. Digital. shooting and digital yeah. like just thinking that all the cameras are crap and he loves the yeah of shooting on <laughs> film um, yeah but and he great access Keanu Reeves obviously is um, he's the man yeah. the host of the documentary but like you've got David Lynch George Lucas is in it for quite a big um, yeah. chunk yeah and he brought, so his, was a good he brought his neck as well yeah and uh, Scorsese <laughs> as well it's always good to see him yeah I, yeah, and I think David Fincher wins the prize for being the best contributor yeah he's yeah, brilliant I really want to go for dinner with him but I would never like to work with him or for him ever. no he's a bit scary yeah. but um, so yeah I guess we've we've uh, we'll do a thing tomorrow um, the first of February we'll have a post uh, looking forward to the month um, and what we what's worth watching in our in our series for it um, so I guess one of the picks that I'd have coming up is um, there's actually two of them out on the 8th of February and there's two films which I think will be really really interesting uh, Wreck-It Ralph is one so it's an animation I think it's from DreamWorks forgive me now for forgetting that but yeah. it's like a, this real nostalgic uh, nod to all uh, computer game characters of Big the early Nintendo 90s. Nintendo nods I think in it as well. I think so yeah. yeah and everything from the music and everything it just looks hilarious and brilliant it's winning a lot of awards for um, in America for stuff uh, I think last night it won or at the weekend maybe it was it won the Producers Guild Award for Best Animation and I okay. think it might have did it win a Golden Globe? I've no idea um, who knows um, and then also out that day is um, a film from Chile uh, I say Chile Okay. Rather than because really cool Chile, yeah, Chile is how uneducated people say okay. so. Uh, right. Chile, Chile, apparently. yeah, because right. we're, we're educated here. Yeah, we know that. I've been to Chile. Have you? I haven't. I've eaten Chile. Okay, and okay. um, it's really good. Yeah. Right. What's the film? Um, is so it the no? Film is called no, no, no. Yeah. I don't know actually. Oh, it's, right. oh, it's called no. Yes. Sorry, it is called no. Um, so it's nominated for an Oscar for best foreign language film. And um, I saw the trailer for that yesterday. Yeah. It looks very weirdly shot. It does. It looks kind of barmy. It's um about the Chilean elections in 1988. Um so around, you know, the time of General Pinochet and all this kind of stuff and Gay uh, one uh, our favorite Latino actor probably yeah. Gael Garcia Bernal is in there and um, the guy from the Gillette ads. The guy from the Gillette ads and the Motorcycle Diaries, I think is what his official bio says. Yeah. So, th- so both um both no and <laughs> Yes. Wreck It Ralph they're both very strange titles are both out the 8th of February um, what caught your eye when you looked at the um, it's the one that Bill Murray is starring in and I think he got a nod in the Golden Globes he was nominated for it but didn't win unfortunately oh Hyde Park on Hudson yeah, yeah. it's kind of centred around FDR and his relationship with a distant cousin of his and uh, it's over the weekend when the king and queen of England visit upstate New York but it's getting great um, acclaim his performance in it is meant to be brilliant and it's kind of he's pre- playing it straight as such you know there's no mm. Bill Murray kookiness that we're used to from Wes Anderson films so I'm kind of really looking forward to that yeah because it's not often he takes on the more straight roles you know yeah um, yeah and then on Valentine's Day a pretty wacky film which um, 
I've seen uh, this is 40 the Judd Apatow film which is absolutely bonkers but yeah. it's fun but it feels more like kind of a couple of episodes it's of a kind sitcom it's a sequel it's a, it's to a, this is it, or to Knocked Up Knocked Up yeah. yeah it's like a kind of a spin-off if you like yeah. um, with uh, Paul Rudd and Leslie Mann's character and Judd Apatow's kids so yeah. it's really like an insight into the Another Judd Apatow's another three hour head. Judd Apatow comedy pretty much about, I think it's about two and a half hours but it features all you know you can't every five minutes is you know mm-hmm. an incredibly funny uh, person that just slips in there so that's worthwhile that's out on the same day as Die Hard 5 Die Hard 5 fuck you Russia I think yeah. is, that, is that its subtext that's the tagline yeah yeah so that's great and um, yeah and then the week later we should probably uh, draw people's attention to the rather wacky um, combination of Cloud Atlas mm. and uh, the new Terrence Malick film To the Wonder so that'll be a weekend yeah. maybe to go and Get hammered. Don't drunk. go hungover. Yeah, go don't and go see hungover. these films. I would say. Yeah, both of those are going to be. You caught to the wonder at TIFF. I saw to the wonder last year. If you liked, if you loved Tree of Life, you will yeah. probably really like yeah. to the wonder. It's I from the trailer. I think good. it looks fantastic. It's like Javier Bardem as a priest talking about love, and seemingly nobody else does anything for. There's a hours? lot of there's a lot of tilting up your head, looking up, and then the camera will look at the sky, and then it'll spin around. It's beautiful. I'd recommend seeing it. Um, on wherever the best screen you can find is so yeah. a good bright digital projection system wherever that is yeah because um, it's a more of an experience than anything and I've no idea what to, to make of the new um, Wachowski siblings film Cloud Atlas that's mm, going to be it looks bonkers absolutely bonkers as well so I think that's going to be a fun day that's 22nd of February um, so, so that's and that's it and then it. yeah and then just following that two days later we will have uh, the Oscars, which is something Ooh. everybody, every movie fan kind of looks forward to. And um, They're ridiculous, but we kind of like the ridiculousness. Exactly. The but best tr- film rarely wins. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting this year. We'll be talking about this way more. Our next podcast we hope to publish on just two days before, so it'll be a good Oscar preview. And by then, we'll have done our very best to see everything. I think we've probably Probably looks seen like the, yeah, Lincoln seen seems everything. to be the frontrunner. At this stage, and yet I still think the wacky decision um, that the Golden Globes and the Producers Guild people made to give Argo Best Picture gives mm. it a hope even though it doesn't have a director it's never happened before could happen now who knows mm, yeah. um, anyway so that we'll be back on the 22nd um, once again uh, props to our boy Colin, Colin out yeah. there thanks very much Colin and we shall see you all again next month bye bye